Hi, Amy. <laughs> so good to see you. You too. Wow. Two or more gathered in the name. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is our own personal time. <laughs> oh, I do too. How lucky are we? I know, right? Mm. Do you like to pray in? Sure. I will absolutely. Thank you. Mm, taking a few deep breaths. Mm, getting centered. And placing our hand on our heart. If it feels good to do so. So grateful and thankful to be gathered in this space where two or more are gathered in this holy meeting space with our higher guides, our higher Holy Spirit selves, knowing all is for our highest and best. So grateful and thankful to know that we truly need do nothing. All is provided for us. We don't have to worry about what to say or what to do because spirits who sent us will guide our every step, our every word, our every moment. So grateful and thankful to come together at this time for whatever spirit brings and be open for healing, be open for peace, be open for joy in an honest sharing of love. And as we do this healing work together, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So are you getting all settled back in to being home? I am. I actually have all this work to do, but I've only done like a tiny, tiny bit of it. I just mostly have been like, I'm home. (laughs) 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 And my mom, she's not feeling well, so Mm -hmm. she's just like, I don't know when I'm coming and um, just causing some consternation on my sister's part. So... I ended up writing my forgiveness letter. This is not what I thought I was going to be writing it about, but um, I haven't finished it. But um, (laughs) this subject ended up being the topic uh, of it because there's a lot, as we had in our last session, right? Um, So, like, I think I've just gotten through one, two, three, four, five... And I think I've only gotten through <laughs> the first two prompts, <laughs> and I already have like seven pages. So, wow, Arava, that's yeah. awesome, really. Yeah. So we shall see how it goes. Um, I'm hoping it'll be done by the time we have our next session. Hi, Dina. I almost made it on time. Not quite. Oh, you are great. You're great. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you. And you, you, what, you just made an announcement of some sort. What, are you doing something special? 
Oh, no, a forgiveness letter. So <laughs> we just had <clears throat> Amy and I trade sessions, and our last session was around this topic. And so I I had told her for our next session I wanted to do go for a forgiveness letter. <clears throat> and But this wasn't the forgiveness letter I thought I'd be writing, and it is, and it's already really long, and I'm only through, like, the first two prompts. So there's a lot. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how I know with me when I write a forgiveness letter or just with spirit in general, I start out writing something and I'll, I think I know what it's going to be. And even, well, I'm sure you've probably experienced this with the forgiveness letter. I think, why even bother? Because I know what it's going to say, right? And then I'll start writing it and oh no, it's a totally different course or, you know, it's always so different, but so healing. But that's, you know, ego tries to say that's not going to, you know, do you any good. Why would you even bother? Because you have all the answers <laughs> until I start writing it, right? And it's like, oh, my gosh, what an interesting perspective I was missing. You know, the mind was missing, I guess. So I'm so glad you're doing it. And if it's seven pages, absolutely wonderful. It's perfect. I mean, really, you know, what it's supposed to be. So you're using the tool well, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's, I'm pleased because I'm going to be allowing it to go through me instead of holding it. And I'm very curious about the answers that come because, you know, it right now it just feels kind of like a, a hopeless situation. And so... Um, well, not hopeless, but just that time is the answer. It's around my mom's grief and supporting her and her being displaced, being at my sister's house, and she's basically been living there, and it's coming to a point where it's just been really difficult for my sister. Um, and um, yeah. I, like, I like that you said you were going to let it float, kind of flow through you. Is that, is that the way you put it? Mm-hmm. You're going to take the difficult emotions and situation. and Because um, I feel like when I write forgiveness letters, I'm being more controlling of the information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little different perspective. Yeah, so I think it's been most helpful. When I was doing um, forgiveness letters like every day in a row, I didn't find that I would write it about a subject, like all these various things would pop up, like I'm angry about this, and it'd be this, and it was so the subject matter would go all over. Um, and I could tell, like, sometimes the I'm afraid would be really long, or I'm the sad would be really long, and I'd be like, oh, or the angry. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was the predominant emotion happening right now. Um, but I do find topic-specific forgiveness letters for, like, a specific situation are really helpful to just let it flow because it's almost like I'm discovering what's really there while I'm writing it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and that's usually my preferred way with anything is to discover. And so I'm just sitting here Wondering why I'm being so controlling in my forgiveness letters. I think I manage the information. 
I may have to go back. I, I sort of had this nudge to go back and collect all the different um, forgiveness letters I've done. I haven't kept them in one one central notebook. And because um, I know I'm working with a group of year one students, so like a study buddy kind of thing, and I'm helping them go through the reboot information. And we're spending a lot of time on the shame and blame. And, um, and I had done for the first time forgiveness letters for those things this year. Mm -hmm. And they, at first they were like, well, I don't understand. How can you write a forgiveness letter for an emotion? So I said, well, um, and I just gave them a real quick, I just read like part of it real quickly to them. And then we sort of got on the subject of the deep desire of the heart. And I read mine out to them and I was sort of stunned at how it was still full of resentment <laughs> when I was reading it to them and in light of our, yeah. So, you know, there may be, so I have a feeling I need to go back and I think I can hold a grudge and maybe, and maybe I haven't really been honest about that. The beautiful insight. I've been wondering because, you know, really we talk about forgiveness letters as being really, it's so important or forgiveness, you know, it's, it's the, it's the undoing. And, and as a writer, you know, I've wondered, I've been asking myself, well, why aren't you just doing like hundreds of these? What is, what is your, what's your deal? But I wonder if I'm, um, because I'm a writer, I can manage the information. Mm. and keep it a little bit and oh, and also in my poetry I had recently had I call him the editor so that's, that's just my term for him and he's been going through my poetry and that was actually the point that he made he said he, he said that um, I start out with these incredible insights and then I just let go and then he's like he's like it's like I write your endings for you <laughs> and I you know and I'm like so I'm going to, so, which is really on the same, it's the same vein here. You're talking about, okay, I'm going to feel really, you know, I've got, I have the capacity to feel deeply and I also can put a cork on it with my uh, ability to use language or whatever it is. So I, yeah, I think it's, and, and I, you know, and I tend to stay in my mind and have trouble going to my heart because my heart feels so strongly that I've actually been, um, I've actually gotten so emotional once in particular in my life that I went into almost like a blackout, an emotion, I, the emotions were so strong and so overwhelming. Maybe, maybe that time in particular, but other times as well I felt. Um, and so I learned to control emotion. So this, this may be, <laughs> I hadn't really anticipated having this insight tonight. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I can relate for certain, particularly around wanting to control, I don't know why I'm echoing, uh, control emotion. Um, I definitely have this perception, oh, you're here. There's something I've been holding for you, Tina. Okay, sorry. Um, it just came to mind because I was like, well, I don't have her email, and so I can't really send it to her so we can talk about it too. Um, but 
I just learned that, you know, I'm I'm so emotional, I'm so reactive, and everything is just so much that I just learned that that was not a good thing in my mind. And so it to be logical and to look at the problem and those things. So I see where I did a lot of training, particularly like my research training, to, you know, get those emotions in line. And I'm a writer as well, although um, <laughs> I'm kind of a reluctant, resistant writer. Um, but I, I did start writing poetry again. And out of one of the poems I wrote, um, it reminded me when you came to a time when I was praying and you'd asked for acceptance of those parts of, you know, myself that I don't like. And it reminded me of a poem, and my friend, who's my writing partner, um, we've known each other for 30 years, he he said that that piece is really, he said it was just really powerful. And from there, I got this idea for a, a technique um, to do, and I've, I've never actually tried it with anybody, and I was going to ask Amy to try it um, in a session one time, but... Uh, I thought I would tell you about it, and it has to do with um, envisioning yourself and all of the parts of yourself that you don't like, that you resist, that you, you know, and you see them lined up basically in a circle, and you can visualize each one, and you go to each one and you bow to them, and you honor them for how they try to help you or their function, and you look them in the eye, and then you see them come into you. So then eventually you are the only one left. And it's it's almost like, and, and that's, I think, a way that I'm learning to accept those parts, honor them for what they, the help they were trying to provide me, because they served the function, but also to say, okay, now I am ready that to stop fragmenting myself into these pieces and these parts, because I'm very good at that, compartmentalizing. Um, and so bringing that all back, because that's the only way that I can even begin to try to love myself, which is really hard for me. Are you talking about when um, I had just done all that inner child work? Was that, yeah, okay, that was, that was a powerful week for me. Yeah, was that just last week? <laughs> yeah, and, and I had discovered, Amy, that... Um, some of it was Jennifer's meditation techniques. Some of it was my personal counselor. Um, and I went, I, I made the decision to go to the um, sexual abuse mastery circle, even though I was, I was emotionally abused. But so all this happened in one week. And what I came to discover was that the in, some part of me, maybe a six-year-old, somewhere around that age, had been exposed to two sexual predators. I didn't know it at the time, but there was always a second person with me, and the person was um, inappropriately interacting with the other two, 
in both cases and was rejecting me. And I knew something was wrong, um, but the meaning I made of it, I, I took it away and I attached it to the situation I had with my brothers where we were in a difficult divorce kind of situation and they were being kind of emotionally abusive with me. So all that, this little girl tied all that meaning together. And then, so, and so I knew when I was talking, you know, my, my counselor had me going in to talk to the child, very similar to what you're saying. And, and listening to her and, and taking it like I'm up here looking down. I'm not her and listening. And, and I knew when I was listening to her and just, and sort of like she says, and, you know, and, um, and I thought it before in very light whispers, something, something that wasn't right with those guys. That one was a more like a teenager and the other was a man, a gym teacher. So, um, and then my counselor's like, um, you just described sexual predators. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so that would be why they, you know, would have reacted to you. And, and in, both way, in both cases, I was in a place I shouldn't have been with them. It's just, you know, they should have been alone. And somehow I ended up with them. So that, so yeah, so, so that misinterpretation I have carried with me in great confusion. And I guess I've got more work to learn. In Jennifer's meditation, we went back to the womb. I, so I undid that belief and kind of took that out and went back to, and we rebirthed ourselves and came forward. And um, um, I think that it has, it has been confused, it has confused me with intimacy. So that's just, that's one of who knows how many, how many of our parts misunderstand and what, you know, I mean, I, I, I really didn't know to that level. So, yeah, so I came upon uh, Araba, Araba uh, praying that. I think that's what I asked for, like in, integration of parts or something. I don't remember exactly, yeah. So I asked, and she's, you know, she's part of the, de the development of myself as a sexual person, you know, and I brought in some confusion and, um, and I want to take, I want that part of myself, yes, I want to integrate and, and, and be feeling confident and um, have no misunderstanding. Like, my instincts were probably right on with both of those men, boy, man, mm -hmm. trust my instincts. And, to, and, I, and sometimes I'm, I find myself in relationship with people who confuse me and, and my instincts are telling me one thing and I'm not listening and... I don't know what I'm supposed to be listening to. So some of all, yeah. So, and, and then who knows what else? Like my counselor told me that there's usually a, um, a like a five-year-old hiding behind a 14-year-old. And, you know, then you've got like a sense of self that develops. I think she said by the age of three or four. So there's more work to go back and. You know, in the Seven Sacred Flames book, are you guys reading, you guys are reading that or? have that, that um, there's, we, Carla has a little group on Thursday night and we just read it. We take turns reading it. And there was a line, something about, it really jumped out at me about going back to collect those parts we have rejected <laughs> and how important that was, that was to the process of um, ascension. Okay. 
Definitely makes sense. I think, and I can so relate to everything you're talking about in my own life too. Like thinking there's some things that happened to me too that weren't overt, you know, but I didn't have anyone to process them with at the time because I thought I, like you, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time a few times and another time it wasn't, but I thought that if I told my mom or my dad, you know, any of these things that had happened, that I would get in trouble because I was too little to understand that, you know, I had nothing to do with it. But so I held on to those. I still carry some of them, but yeah, through therapy and things, I've worked through some. But yeah, I was always confused because it wasn't like some horrible thing that happened, right? And like the standards of the world, you know, I wasn't raped or something, I guess I'm going to say. But I was definitely violated emotionally and physically, just not to that extent. Many times, actually. That happened to me quite a few times. But I was just blamed it on me. And I never really realized, like, how strong I really was. You know, I always felt like I was really weak. Like I wasn't, like I didn't do the right thing, I'm going to say. You know, oh, you let this happen to you. Like I felt like this victim or, you know, I felt, but then I really, through doing some work, I went, wow, I was actually pretty strong. You know, in the midst of I did the best I could, but I did even better than I guess I expected my six-year-old self to do. You know, looking back on it now, it's like, wow. But for years, I just carried around this shame that was not dealt with. You know, just that that part of me, I kind of went, mm, yeah. And it, it also interfered with my ability to be intimate and love the part of part of myself that I thought was like, Yuck and yeah, it's been a long time, you know. And I think of, I mean, you know, 57 years. And isn't it interesting how stuff still? You, know, you feel like, oh, I, I've done a lot of work around a lot of things in my life, but stuff. Even today, I had a big, big, huge revelation that I just went, wow. I mean, it's amazing. I guess when you're ready for the next step, maybe. But yeah, um, one of my prayer partners. From my first, from our first year, we still talk, and she just brought something forward for me today with my dad and changed the way I saw a part of our relationship completely around. And I don't know, she just asked me the right question somehow, and I ended up calling him and talking to him about how how grateful I was for a part of me. I always felt like he wasn't when I thought the story I always told myself was when I turned 13, he didn't want anything to do with me anymore because I became, you know, a sexual being, I guess I'm going to say. And like, I always felt like he was afraid of me or something. And, but he was really honoring, he, his, his, the way he grew up with his mom had a lot of trauma and he was honor, he was trying to honor the female part of me and like respect me more, not less. He just didn't quite know how to behave, you know, with me then. And I worked with him in his office, and he was a doctor. I worked with him in the operating room, and he just, we had so much fun in the office, and I had forgotten about that. Like, he wanted me there. You know, I mean, he wanted me to work with him. He wanted me in the OR, but for years, I just always felt like he dumped me aside, man, 13, threw me aside, but she helped me see. I went, oh, my gosh, he was really honoring me. He wasn't doing the story that I told myself for my whole life. And I called him today, and I basically told him, and he goes, he was so cute. He goes, yeah, didn't we have a good time? 
we had so much fun in the office. <laughs> so, yeah, and he goes, and you were really cheap labor. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, like to lighten the load. But I think he just, it made both of our days. But it's just so interesting to me that I could carry that, honestly, till today from 13. Really? It's just so interesting that, uh, that that can be so deeply held. And one, but you know, I guess I was ready, right? I had to have been ready to heal that or her question wouldn't have elicited the answer it brought forward, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking because I'm kind of beating myself up that I didn't, not really, but that I didn't figure that out sooner a little bit. It's like, how didn't you not see that? But I guess I was ready. So there's something to be said about all the work we're doing that we're just uncovering more and more layers. and like an archaeological dig. Yes, isn't it? And it's fascinating when you find out different things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, how did I not know that? But I guess that's what we're here to do, too, is uncover all of these things and in our process, right? The false beliefs, and, and it is an archaeological dig. Yeah, and I have a, I ha, I've done a lot of work with my, uh, say, 14-year-old. Um, I think there's still more to do. There was just like, it, it, it was so confusing to me. I, I was very shy, very, very, very shy, um, even though I'm real extroverted. But it was, it was more like a protective thing. Just, you know, I, I didn't have good relations with my brothers. They didn't treat me well. I, it wasn't even sibling rivalry. It was just like this meanness from what occurred with divorce. So I guess I didn't, and then I spent a lot of time by myself because of the divorce. So um, I don't know if my social skills were well developed, I don't know. But, um, but I think I was kind of cute, you know, so there was this, um, I had a friend that went to county schools and she was really, really like Socially, everything was so easy for her, and she was so adventurous and all that, and I'd hang out with her, and I was I was still kind of shy, even with her. And then these boys from my school showed up when she and, where she and I were, and I think um, as a result of her extroversion and comfort, that boy who was real popular at school asked me to go out with him, you know, with it, which at that time just really didn't mean a whole lot, but – and then um, – and then another boy, I think in competition with him, asked me to go out with him. And I was just like, I just, I said yes to both of them. <laughs> I wouldn't be <Yeah>, really. <laughs> and it was so confusing. Like, they didn't know. And then I, I still don't know what happened. Like, my interpretation of it was probably experientially a whole lot different than maybe what really happened. But um, I think the one boy found out about the other boy. And I think that it just, you know, made, I don't know. But. It is just, you know, all of that then, so that, it was so confusing to me. I just remember just, just like, I had no one to explain it to me. I don't know. I couldn't see, like my friend told me later, she's like, because that boy, a couple of years later, when I was walking down the road with another girl, leaned out of his car and yelled out, she called me, said skank. And I looked at the girl and she said, he's not talking to me, he's talking to you. And I'm like, why did you call me skank? So then um, my friend just recently, she says, you know why he called you skank? I said, no. He said, because you had another boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, so none of this, like, I couldn't process any of this except with humiliation and shame. 
and feeling like things I couldn't put together. And then from there, I just got more shy, <laughs> more whatever. So I'm, I, I've done some work around that, but I would like to be able to get back in there and really um, help. Cause I see, I can see myself laughing and I can see her not laughing right now. <laughs> like her, she's just like, <laughs> no, that wasn't funny. So to help, you know, get her to that, you know, teenagers, or especially me, I don't know. There was just the super sensitivity to everything. And I had no idea what to do. And I was just way too shy. And I don't know. So okay, I'm still working in that little area. <laughs> yeah, I think that I there's so many varied parts in Araba, your your meditation sounds fascinating and mm -hmm. but when you said that Dina about the, the other part of you going wait what there's part of me about that meditation here's what's interesting that I, that's coming up part of me is saying you don't even you can't even label all those parts because you you buried them so deeply you couldn't you can find you couldn't call them forward so I almost have fear around doing meditation in a way it's almost like yeah. I feel like I would fail at it you know, like yeah, and that's that's an ego thought because the, in my experience of working with aspects of yourself, they come forward when they trust you. Okay. Is that your experience, Araba? Araba, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name. Okay. Well, it's um. Thanks. Um, well, you know, I've only done it with myself, and I guess what I would say is that what comes forward is what you heal because that's what you're ready for. And just like we're talking about this work where, you know, there are layers and layers, when you're ready, what you need for your next step in healing comes forward. When you can no longer, when you don't attach to that. Because all this, you know, when you were like, isn't that fascinating? Isn't that interesting? And I'm like, those aren't probably the words I might have used five years ago for certain, you know, Oh, isn't that interesting? But now we have this detachment and this understanding that that is not us, that is not our identity. And so I think that's important. Um, if you would humor me, I'll, I can read the short piece I wrote that I think inspired this potential technique, I think, one day. Oh, absolutely. Please Would do. you be? Okay. Yeah. The good me, the bad me, the scared me, the scarred me, the needy me, the bitchy me, the weak me, the greedy me, the emotional me, the lazy me. They're all me. Falsely compartmentalized as if one part is more meaningful, important, or significant than the other. Hey, hey y'all, let's meet up. Let's gather ourselves together. All the pieces and parts, slivers and shards, leaving nothing out nor adding anything more. Unify, solidify, and stand. Bow to one another. Embrace with gentle kindness. Honor each one for the purpose in which it serves. Cast a blessing of wholeness and holiness upon each aspect. As they begin to fade, I become the constellation of light I've always been. Mm -hmm. 
Very nice. That's beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, I had um, at the spiritual counseling retreat of all places, my inner child made her, I don't know what the word, her, what would you call that? Her appearance. Appearance, yes. And and, um, while it looked like other people were having these wonderful healing experiences, I was suffering at such a deep level with all this pain. It was like so palpable. It was sat on my chest the whole time. And um, she got very triggered by some of the dynamics that were happening. And there was a male there who um, seemed to take on representation for her of my brothers and certain things. And she got very triggered. But And that's why I remember talking to my sister about it later. And she said, well, she must, she must trust you if she's made her appearance for you to work with her instead of staying, staying repressed. And I just remember the feeling of being almost relieved when she said that. I'm like, oh, so this misery and such is for me to get in touch and, and she's ready or, or I'm ready or whichever it is. And, and she's, I felt her pain or whatever, I don't know how many aspects of these painful parts I have, but um, Almost the whole time I was dating Doug, and you know, I think you know who Doug is, right? The whole time I was dating Doug, there would be times when she she would appear, or maybe it was my 17-year-old, I don't know, and I always thought that he was just on the verge of being ready to break up with me. <laughs> and, it was, and half the book I'm writing is based on the insecurity of that aspect of me that would ask all these questions. <laughs> And then it would just begin this process of delving really deep into all this incredible, incredible exchanges of, you know, um, so in many ways, I, I thank her for that. But I just remember just constantly feeling like <laughs> I was about to be dumped. <laughs> it just followed me and followed me and followed me. Yeah, we don't have to go very far for our path, do we? No. Carry it with us. Yeah, like jewelry or I don't even know. What is it? Like what? <laughs> but if we don't work with them, this is this is the understanding that I've been given. They we manifest from our unconscious and that's where they will be. Yeah. And then we'll manifest I guess ways to heal as, as essentially to heal them. So to work together, the Ho'oponopono thing, this, you know, to work in conjunction with that or as partners in healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good reminder. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. I appreciate you bringing up your experience at the spiritual counseling retreat um, because I felt that way, particularly at the one I met you with, at, you know, playing stuff, playing small, and I saw Jennifer's offering that online, and I thought, you know, I was in so much pain there, and I think it would be a completely different experience to do it now, because I would be accessible in a way I just couldn't be, 
at that time. But even when I did the spiritual counseling retreat, I always felt like so much stuff was triggered and brought up and processing that it was it was like overwhelmed and I just I had to shut down in order to survive that time. It was so intense. And so when I'd leave the retreat and people were like, How's the retreat? and people would be like, Oh, such a great retreat and stuff and I just feel like okay. <laughs> like Oh yeah, I, yeah. No, I totally get that. I, you know, I, I and I remember seeing like Rieko, if you remember her, like she'd just be beaming and how one, and I'd be like, I, I just didn't have that experience. <laughs> that wasn't the way it went down for me. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't think I've ever said that because I felt like it was just me. I just saw, you know, like all these people who were just like having, as you said, like these incredible healings and insights and and all I could feel is just intense, intense. Oh my gosh, just like just barely hanging on to to, to finish the time there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can identify. Oh yeah. And just so much comes up for healing there. I mean wow, right? It is there's so much energy. And yeah, it was, there was a lot. It's overwhelming. And every day you're working on a different, I was working on every day a different aspect. You know how you're counseling every day. So every day there was more stuff. It's like I'd, I'd start out with this kind of feeling of, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, right? You know, I'm like, and then, oh, right. It's like, <laughs> I can sit to it. Something that I hadn't really realized was what wanted to come forward. But, but so that was every day, right? Another aspect of undoing a layer yeah it was really intense for me too I think you're right Arba I think it I think there was a point where I was deadening some of that so um in order to survive it so there was a a certain amount of and uh, you know a certain amount of superficiality so and now I'm at I'm more at that point where I'm more secure for whatever reason um, or, if, you know, maybe some things have lifted and shifted enough so that I can do that. So I'm more willing to to stay open and go into those spaces and know I will survive or that I, or if I'm having a hard time, I know I can, if I, if I go into a trauma response, I know call these five people or, you know, just go through the list till they, and I know that they'll, I've learned. And these were things I didn't know in the past because I didn't even know to do that. Right. So it's the it's the tools that you just don't have, and then it was really Brene Brown that taught me so much about shame and trauma response and what to do. I just listened and listened and listened and listened and listened to her. Well, I have to tell you, your bio when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, me too. Like um, reading a return to love is what introduced me to A Course in Miracles, and it took me so long to read that book. Oh, my gosh. Like, and it's not that it's a difficult book, and I'd never had an experience like that where I would get through that intro, and then I wouldn't read it, and I checked it out from the library maybe at least at least four times, and this is three weeks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was like, it was so much resistance was coming up. It's like, what is going on? Like, I don't find this book dry or dull, but it was, it was like I was scared to read it because I knew that it would change my life. And when I finally read it, it was like it changed my life completely. And so um, I remember reading that in your bio, and I thought, oh, yeah, Marion Williamson. Yeah, there were those certain books that just in um so this, the one that, that we had in the grief support group, I've been trying to read that sucker for like five or six years now. <laughs> and I had the same thing. I'd get through like four pages and I'd be like, wow. And then I just, I, I, like no matter what, I just couldn't get any farther. So finally, I've, you know, finally I've gotten through it. And I, I found, um, yes, so the, the idea of, um, I'm assuming that somewhere in my future they'll I'll be doing some kind of work with death and dying at a degree that um, that turn we talked about where, you know, like Lot and turning away and not looking back at the illusion of death will be really, really important for me, pivotal. That's kind of what it felt like today. So, yeah, I'll have to add another book to my bio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The booklet was What is Death? Yeah, What is Death? Um, and I just, I didn't, I just received the booklet today, and it's kind of like a collector's item, but I had printed it out, just, it was available five or six years ago, I, I think, maybe even longer than that, just through ACIM, I think. Um, and at that time, you could just print it off, and then it's nowhere available. You can't find it like that now. And in I got this for 20 off of eBay. The ones on Amazon are 60. Wow. Yeah, so I don't know why that would be if there just aren't many available, because usually the price goes down, I think. So I haven't seen, I don't really know what that is. But yeah, that's a big one for me, what is death? And I'm looking at this, this idea of training to be a death doula. Have you heard of that? We're Michigan people. We definitely know about that. Yeah? <laughs> Jack Kevorkian. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, Kevorkian. Yeah. Death is a, a big thing, or was a big thing when I was in Michigan. So, yeah, I don't know, but I just, I felt like something pivotal is, and that, you know, that book just sat there until the right time. And I, I lost it recently. And then in the move, you know, coming to the home office and I couldn't find it. And then finally I found all but the last three pages. <laughs> Don't know where those are. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But that, um, yeah, that was, uh, and I spent the whole, really the last week or so going through it. And the nightmares that it brought up, I remember reading about um, Gary Renard having an experience like that where he um, he would have these, these, I guess he was having nightmares about the illusion of the world, but it's, um, I guess the, I don't know if it's the criminality or the, you know, the devouring and the, you know, all that. So I, I actually was having dreams of like cats eating dogs, like, and, and for me, cats always represent love in my dreams. I've had enough of these dreams to realize that that's what that means. So the dog was like strapped in the car, almost like it was a human, and these and the doors were left open. Apparently, I had left them open, 
and the, and these cats were eating the dog, and I couldn't tell if the dog, he looked maybe like he was cooked, I don't know, I couldn't tell, but it grossed me out, and I woke up just like, oh, oh, you know, just, <laughs> so love is having to, you know, devour in this way, we're being put in this position, because we left the doors open, or whatever, so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to walk away from that illusion, and uh, interpret it in a different, have it be shown as a different interpretation. And what were you saying, Arba? You said you had something to show me, or what was that? That was, I was telling you about the, the meditation. About oh, okay, the, the meditation. All right. Yeah, because when you had asked for that prayer, it reminded me, oh, yeah, you know, I've never... I've never actually told anybody about this technique because it came to me for me and and the piece, actually. I think I've only read it to my writing partner and one other person. Um, so I was like, oh, let me tell Dina about that. But then yeah, I was like, cool. oh. I was like, well, I've actually never tried it. <laughs> I've never had another person try it so for myself. So I wonder if it would work. So anyway. That was what I was saying. Yeah, and I wonder if, if, if it matters if you, you know, the parts unknown. Maybe you could just say end parts unknown that are still healing or haven't, I haven't, I'm not aware of yet, and the circle could hold space for them. Mm-hmm. 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 It sounds very intriguing. <laughs> I'd like to try it. Okay. I would. You should record something like a little meditation that takes takes you through with the music and everything. You know? Ooh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's definitely a thought. I would like to actually try it on a live person, and Amy has agreed to be my <laughs> my test my tester. So. Um, We'll do it in a session one day. She she does amazing sessions because she she does this she does Reiki. So in her counseling sessions with her, we've had sometimes, and I love that. It's so peaceful and so beautiful. So to do that meditation with her and just it's great. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Like my my um, one of my prayer partners is he's not in spiritual counseling, but he does, um, he's learning how to become a hypnotherapist, and occasionally on our calls, he'll, he'll do that with me, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's, and it becomes like an imaginative journey of some sort through some kind of issue, and then his way, he tries to expand your awareness is what he, what his thing is, like sights and sounds and smells, so it's going back into your memory, your memory banks, and it, it is, it's very, um, I, I, yeah, it's it would be nice to have some of those techniques. So right in the middle of some difficult situation, you can be hold on. <laughs> let me reiki for just a minute, or let me uh, do myself. <laughs> right. If you could listen to it, like for me with reiki too, I can't do reiki on myself very well, even still. And I've been doing reiki for a long, long time. Um, I can do it on other people till the cows come home and love that and feel the energy. But on myself, uh, it's 
I don't know if it's worthy, whatever it is, but I tend to block it on myself. So it does, it seems like that would be my go-to. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that would be your go-to when you're triggered or struggling. Oh, no. I, but listening to somebody else, you know, like guide me out of it, seems like it would work a little better because I just get caught up in my own mess and I almost feel like I got myself into this issue. How am I going to, how am I going to give myself Reiki? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But listening to like a, a meditation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see that. Like, how can the healer heal the mess when right. the mess was made by the healer kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it always is that, right? It's physician heal thyself. It's all instant, of course, and miracles too. Uh-huh. Heal thyself. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have everything to do that. That reminds me, worthiness. So I wrote my contract. I told you. Yay. Yay. And and that's only that's a big deal, Dina, just because. Since I'm not in masterful living this year, I hadn't done a lot of the things that we've been doing sort of a standard over the past few years. Like I didn't write a contract. I hadn't done an activation session, these various things. So I am doing study buddy group facilitating it for the first years, and we were working on contracts. So I I did it. And so my aspiration is to be the light of love, Radiating peace, ease, and grace. My intention is to embody wholeness. Ah, sorry. To embody joy, wholeness, and honesty. The power of alignment. And my goal is to know and feel without doubt I am worthy. Beautiful. You don't have to go very far to fulfill your contract, Arba, because you already are all of those things. <laughs> How yeah, well, yeah, well, my it feels like I have quite a bit of that goal is that year-long goal. So, um, <laughs> hey, that's beautiful, though. Thank you. It's the year and of the, worthiness. And the challenge is to know. That's that's the biggest word I've picked up there. Is that um, it's true. Now you want to know it. Yes, absolutely. And I shared Dina with Araba one time, Jen, it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah. It wasn't year one. It was year two. Um, on one of the Jennifer calls, you know, on the one-on-one, she asked me about my contract and I said, wait, I have to go get it. Right. And she said, oh, no, then it's no, your contract's not done. You know, I went, what do you mean? She goes, if you have to go get it to tell it to me, you're not integrating it, right, daily. Oh. And I go, oh, she's right. You know, really, if I have to go find it and I can't even tell you what it is, so right. this year I made mine very simple and so that I would not forget. <laughs> but that was a good point, you know, that if you don't know it. Yeah, I think she was saying one year that you should be able to be woken up in the middle of the night and state your contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and mine is to live in joy, and then my intention is to be the light of the world. <laughs> there you, know, you go. That, that was it. Those, yeah. And, and my what's your, what, yeah. Hmm, go ahead. What's your goal? I was going to say. 
Oh, well, my goal, I have this whole list of things, but mostly it is to partner up, it's to ask and then to receive, you know, to, to ask and to, to listen. But then I had a whole list of the things I should do to remember, you know, like meditate daily, write in my journal, and those are the two main ones. <laughs> yeah, I have a contract for each of the past years, but um, I don't, I'm having trouble this year putting one together. Mm-hmm. What do you I just, I just think that there's a part of me that wants to find the gold. And <laughs> like, um, uh, so I, I'm, and it'll pop up here and there. And um, I, we hit on, I think we hit a little bit on it in the class tonight, the ML1 class. Um, she, she was helping somebody, they do that, the sort of the I wish I want kind of exercise. And the, they, she was trying to help them put it into an intention statement, and she said, um, she helped the girl say, my intention is to be, the girl was irritated by her elderly father not wearing his hearing aids and making it so uncomfortable for her to have to yell and, you know, all that stuff. So they switched it to, my intention is to be supported and respected in all my relationships. And that really um, stood out for me. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the idea of being supported is really big for me. Um, but more, but it's not quite there. So <laughs> I gotta, I'll keep working with it. Sounds like you have a big part, a big chunk on the beginning of it, though. I mean, it sounds like you're. you're well, I got I got things written all over the place. They just have to come. How hard do you write it? Both of you are writers, and I think that would make it, I mean, we're dealing with words all the time. That contract contract is words. And I think, too, it's being divided in a lot of different areas. Um, I have probably seven or eight or nine different things I'm doing, I think, just for Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And that's, so it's, it's kind of, and then add to that the book I'm trying to write, and then add to that the poetry I'm trying to write, and then add to that, and so there's just like, sometimes my head, oh, the permaculture garden that I'm re-upping and getting ready to plant for, you know, self-sufficiency, and that's part of my activation session is to be in harmony with the land. Mm-hmm. And... um and this other big stuff is <laughs> I had quite the activation session more more than anything I've ever done before where my vision was um you know I was waking up and I and there was some kind of significant other with me and I and what it was was me saying oh, how did I get so lucky and just you know just sort of gazing over and then but then saying oh I've got to take care of the critters I've got to get up and I'm going out feeding chickens, apparently, and, you know, whatever that, you know, it was, it was some harmony land, permaculture, homestead kind of thing. And then there was the blended family of um, his and mine and, um, and some other things and the writing. And, you know, I just, it scared me. <laughs> it scared me. I'm like, how do I get from here to there? I don't know how to do that. So part of my, um, I did uh, the Vipassana a couple of weekends ago. Oh, nice. That was part of it toward the end. I, I All these 
things were flashing through like about that. And I just kept saying, show me how, show me how they'd hit. And I'd say, show me how, show me how, show me. Cause there was a lot, there was a part of me that was sort of saying, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. So I was just like, show me, 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 show me. How do I, how am I going to have chickens? How am I, how am I, is it, how am I having this farmette? How is, <laughs> and then how am I going to be so comfortably in this intimate relationship blending families? Like, how is that? <laughs> yeah, and we're not supposed to know the how, right? But boy, do I want to all the time. I want to know the how. <laughs> oh, oh, and it's this time of high isolation. Yeah, you know, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I just try to do, I try, when I get freaked out about all that, which has been sort of a pattern here lately, I just, I'm just like, no, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to just get in. I've got a big notebook. Everything's divided out. That sort of was downloaded to me to just get all my stuff in their own little notebook. So they're easy to find. And the papers aren't mixed up all over the place. And then I can go from there. So, good idea. Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. It's been a yeah. big day. No it way. is, and we're actually at time. Yeah. Are there two of these community calls um, a month? Is that how that works? Okay. They're kind of close together. That's what I thought. I've seen another one. Yeah. Um, it was the day you came on and do the prayer, I think it was. was, was a the, Saturday, it, right? Yeah, Saturday. Was that, that was the day. We had it that morning because Amy and I met and then um, we were the only two on it. So Yeah, so I we, have to um, integrate back in with the counseling sessions because I've done all the freedom circles and all the different things to earn and the activation sessions galore I've done. So now I have, now the thing will be um, I've finished my hours. So I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to integrate back in and do that. Well, we can definitely, if you'd like to be on a rotation too, we could trade. Amy and I, we meet once a week and we trade sessions. So. Wow, that's really once a week? Fabulous. So, um, and it's actually become like my favorite day of the week. Oh, wow. Like, oh my gosh, Amy and I get together. Like, <laughs> It's like we're looking forward to it. I know lots will come out of it, but we always manage to laugh, too, and have some big ahas. And I, and I just think there's something about um, the, the sort of continuity about it. When she was away on vacation for a couple of weeks, I was like, I miss, I miss her. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think the continuity is is very important too. I really enjoy that. Wow, that's that's a good tip. Um, yeah. Okay. Mhm. Mm but you sound pretty busy, Dina. So. Well, but 
but I need to do it and it, you know, it would be helpful to me. Uh, hey, I'm ready to process. I got to get on that farm. <laughs> <laughs> farm at. I like farm at. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take any of this junk with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I'm willing to, plus I'm in isolation. <laughs> you know. All right, well, sounds good. Well, you have my phone number. Um, it's on the, the yeah. grief tech support. They've added you in. Okay, good. Right. So, Perfect. you know, I'm a big texter, so text me and we'll set up some time. She'll do it. I will definitely uh, do it. So I'm so sorry. Nope. <laughs> I'm sleepy. Nope, it's time to go. Or it's been a long day. You're right. Amy prayed us in. You wanna pray us out again or what are you what are you feeling like? Oh, I'm open for someone else praying me out. <laughs> Intimidated. I'm going to admit it right now by both of you writers. I'm just like, oh, no. my goodness. Go ahead to my words. <laughs> is that true? Oh, yes, I She is so funny because she teaches journaling and she's a huge journaler. So she is a writer as well. She has been claiming it. Yeah. I'm a writer of my own thoughts. Not like you guys write. No, no. Well, what do you? No, wait a minute. What do you think writing's about? It's where you take <laughs> thoughts and stuff and write about it. And I, but to me, writing, you know, like poetry, good poetry, like your po your poem you just read. That to me is when you use words to take another person to a place. That is writing to me. Like people, I think I would. That's one of the things I don't feel about myself that I'm. I don't think I'm well spoken at all. No, I really don't. And so I do have, I'm intimidated by saying the prayer. I am. I have to really go, okay. Okay. Oh, okay, wait. I'm going to start over. I'm going to say, I'm going to pray us out because I'm going to undo that false belief. I'm going to just stop right now. And I'm going to let Holy Spirit say the prayer. And I do not have to know what to say or to whom or what to do, right? Right. Here it is. Okay, I'll press up. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Taking a few deep breaths. Peace and joy. Placing our hand on our hearts if it feels good to do so. So grateful and thankful to have joined together with you both in this wonderful space of love of non-judgment, of healing, and of complete acceptance. So grateful and thankful to know that we have each other's backs and to know that we are looking out for each other's highest and best. And so grateful and thankful that we have incarnated at the same time on this journey, in this space of existence, to be each other's guides, support, a loving hand to hold, and to help each other remember that we are never alone, that we are not doing this by ourselves, and to remind each other not only, only of our holy guidance, but of our earthly guidance with each other. We walk with sisters.
in peace, in love, in gratitude. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies, and I'll definitely be in touch with you guys about counseling. I appreciate you allowing me into that. That's very gracious of you. Oh, All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah. And I'll see you tomorrow, lady. Sounds good. All right. Can't wait. Mm. <laughs> I better work on my forgiveness letter. <laughs> no pressure. I better work on my counseling bio. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> no, it won't be done. I'll just tell you right now. All good. But I at least have some thoughts going towards it. All good. All good. We're in this together. We are. Much love, honey. Much love to you, too. Good night, Arva. Good night. Bye. Bye.